We've got the show of all shows for you tonight. We've got in the house Dr. Sheila Zelinsky and Dr. Danny Morano. And you want to get everybody you can tuning in tonight. We're live here Thursday, January 7th, 2021. Danny, Sheila, welcome back. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you. Well, you know what? I don't know a better way to do this tonight than to start it out with prayer. And before you all take the program and run tonight, why don't you open us up in prayer? Well, Heavenly Father, we just praise your holy name, Lord. We just give you all the praise and glory this evening. We recognize and honor you, Lord, first and foremost and above everything, Lord. You are our King, Lord Jesus, that we desire to serve and to bring glory to and to focus upon. We just ask you, Lord, right now, your precious people are tuning in, Lord. I believe that you are calling your remnant out of Babylon and bringing them out of the false church system into the ecclesia, your called out ones, Lord, and that you are drawing your family together tonight to break the bread of the word of God and to drink from the living waters of the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, we just, we yield ourselves right now, Lord. We do not look to our own wisdom, Lord, and our own knowledge, but we ask you, Lord, to flow through us together as a unit and help us to be a blessing to all that are listening and to one another, and that you would be exalted, Lord Jesus, above all. And may your people, may they be awakened and sobered to the seriousness of the hour that we're in, Lord. So we just give you all the praise and glory, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I say amen to that. Welcome back, Sheila. I'm going to throw it over to you and Danny. Well, thank you. I'll just kind of start us off, and I want to flip it right over to Danny, because I don't know if people saw the show we did the other day, but we're really going to kind of hit some of the highlights of that show. And I'm going to tell you something. There is This is a reality check if there ever was one. This is complete new world order disorder. The stage is now set, everyone, for the totalitarian kingpins to really take over. We see a planned Chi-Com coup d'etat. We saw just earlier today Nancy Pelosi trying to call in the 25th Amendment. This is a coup d'etat, but You know, as I was meditating earlier today on this, Shannon, to try to understand what the Lord is saying in this hour, and I really, truly believe we're going to hit on some stuff maybe people listening haven't heard. And if they, (laughs) there's going to be a few jaw-dropping things that we talk about tonight, but there is no, Shannon, political solution for a spiritual problem. I'm going to say that again to your listeners. There is no political solution for a spiritual problem. What has happened in four years is, Shannon, you and I talked. I I believe it was about a month ago about this Operation Warp Speed and we were really concerned how, you know, certain things were happening with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and Trump even praising him. And so all of a sudden in my spirit, something started going off the rails around the time that he really started promoting these vaccines. And of course, we know I'm actually fixing to release a show in a couple days called Demon Tech. And I'll tell you what, that is an eye-opener show. No one is going to get this absolute demon shot and i really call it the devil dna it's even luciferous i really think that that is creating a lucifer race as i highlight in this and so it's going to be incredible expose but do you think do you honestly think that a 73 year old man is going to take down this high level committee of 300 the highest level satanist on the planet i don't think so whether he was anointed and appointed is irrelevant totally this is nero versus pick your other guy you know everybody well he's a cyrus i mean here's the thing what was happening and then i'll shoot it over back to danny i just want to say 
for people listening, as much as people are just stunned at what's going on, I really believe that God is not going to do anything, Shannon, until this America gospel, this mixture that we're going to talk about, is people don't repent for their idolatry. Jesus himself said idolaters would not inherit the kingdom. So we better take a step back and look at where our Christianity is at. Are we going to lean in the arm of the flesh or are we going to really start doing some spiritual warfare, some fasting and start really showing God that we're serious about God, not expecting one man to fix all the evil on the planet. I think that becomes idolatry and I'll throw it over to you, Danny. Yes, well, I appreciate that, Sheila. You know, my perspective, and I don't know how familiar you are with my teaching, Shannon, but my perspective is a little bit different than most, and that is that the Lord has totally keyed me in to the fact that we are an otherworldly people. What do I mean by that? We are witnessing right now, and Sheila and I and a few others have been prophesying this for the last 10 years or so, that, you know, the enemy is up to his old tricks. The tricks that he was up to before the great flood, when God destroyed the world the first time. And that is to create a rival race to the race created in the image of God. And he tried to do that through the fallen angels. The fallen angels decided to try to mate with the women, and they created these monsters. They created these hybrids, okay? And they injected their DNA into the human race, and they created an aberration. After the flood, I believe that this was continued, but basically, I believe after the fallen angels tried to do that directly through uh, the means of sex, then they started to go into what we call today, and I believe it's being practiced right now, demonic science. They found other ways to inject their DNA into the human race, and that's why when we come to the time of David, even in the Old Testament, we see that David fights a giant, and other giants are mentioned. Shimmerah, David and his army killed Shimmerah, okay, which is a mixture of not only giant, but also animal features, features mixed together with human features. Okay, so the fallen angels said they have never abandoned their agenda, and their agenda is to create a race that will dominate and turn what has been created in the image of God, first of all, if possible, extinction, to just destroy it, and if not to that degree, if they're not able to achieve that, then they want to turn that race into slaves, okay? It's very much like the planet of the apes, okay, for those of you that have seen that. It's kind of that principle, and that's what's going on. So Satan is trying to create a rival race, and his people understand that, and they're working together as an army to achieve that. On the other side of the coin, I've been preaching this very strongly, and very, very few Christians get it, and I pray that they would. Jesus Christ did not come to start a religion called Christianity, and he would be the God of that religion called Christianity. Jesus did not come to start a mixture institution, okay, of an adulterous affair between the state and this aberration called the church. That's not what he came to create. Jesus also came to create a new race in his image. That's what born again is all about. 
Born again is not this sinner's prayer gospel. It's not this Gnostic ascent to, yes, I believe Jesus died on the cross and I'm going to go to heaven when I die, the old Billy Graham gospel. This is not what Jesus came to preach. Jesus came to initiate, and he did it through his own physical and spiritual being first. Paul calls him in 1 Corinthians 15, the first fruits of the brethren. He's the first man born from the dead, the first resurrected human being created in the image of God. Now, what's different from him than us is that, of course, he was God in the flesh. He is the eternal son of man. He existed, as Paul writes in Colossians, quoting the book of Enoch, people. He writes in Colossians saying that before the stars existed, before the sun and the moon existed, before there was any creation, that he existed before the Father. And in him and through him and by him were all things that were created. In the Gospel of John tells us he came to his own. He became flesh and dwelt among us. He took on our form. But he did that in order to change our form. In other words, he came to initiate a new race. And this is what Satan's trying to do. And like Sheila just said, through the Lucifer race, okay, even parts of the supposed vaccine have elements in there that they're calling Lucifer race because he's up to the same old thing. He wants to create the people in his image. That's why the book of Revelation talks about the image of the beast. First, they pay homage. They worship the image of the beast. And then through the mark of the beast, through receiving, I believe, this fallen angelic demonic DNA via this whatever it's going to finally be that brings this into the human being, it's going to alter the DNA of what God created in his image into an irredeemable hybrid, just like the Nephilim of old. And that's why the scripture says that those who receive this mark of the beast are damned. There is no chance for salvation. Why? Because only the image of God is redeemable by the blood of Jesus Christ, not the image of Satan. And so Jesus came so that we could be born again, listen to the language now, born again of the Spirit from heaven. This is a supernatural transformation. It's not just changing your belief system. It's not just taking on the belief of Christianity. It's not just joining the Christian church. It's not just believing what the Bible says. No, this is a supernatural natural operation. And just like Satan is trying to inject his seed into those who will worship the beast, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit as the seal unto the day of redemption. For those of us who have truly come to Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. I really believe this, that when a person is truly born again of the Holy Spirit, even his DNA is changed. So this is where the war is. And like Sheila just said, this is not a political war. And we can get into this uh, more on the, on that side in a little bit. I want to you know, leave space for you guys to talk. But that just to, to lay the groundwork of where this is really at, this is a spiritual war. 
This is not a war of ideologies. This is not a war of isms. Which ism is going to win? Patriotism or communism? No, this is that's on the surface. That's the puppet show, people. The big puppet show going on. Everyone's distracted by the puppet show. And meanwhile, very few are tuned in to what's really going on. Your soul is at stake. I, I go out to the supermarket. I go out into this fear-driven, paranoid, hypochondriac, wacko public, uh, you know, and I see that people are so concerned about the death of their bodies. But our master said, stop fearing him who can kill the body and rather fear him who can cast both the body and the soul into hellfire. I hear very few people, even Christians, concerned anymore about their eternal souls. They're so concerned about their mortal bodies, which are dying anyway, whether they die today, whether they die 10 years from now, whether they die 30 years from now. We are born dying, and we need eternal life, and that needs to be our focus. Powerful opening statement. If you're just joining us, we're live with Drs. Danny Moreno and Sheila Zelensky. Sheila? What Danny said is really powerful, because think about what he's saying. The bloodline is contaminated, and you become a mixture, a hybrid. Listen, go to Genesis 6 and start reading it, and then read the book of Enoch, the extra-biblical text. What we're looking at here is a race of, well, a lot of people, I know that the David Ikes of the world and things are calling him reptilians, aliens. And then, of course, the Pope has said on record they're going to baptize aliens. That's going to be the next thing soon, as we see, you know, Art Bell covered this so well when he was interviewing Father Malachi Martin about the Pope, what the Vatican's doing. I think it's important that people understand that we're being slowly like the frog in the boiling water, acclimated to take the mask of the beast And soon it'll be the mark, because as you and I talked about, Shannon, with the COVID vaccine passports, you're going to have to have your little passport. You can't travel, you can't buy, you can't sell. I mean, this stuff is straight out of the bowels of hell. You know what? A lot of people were really hoping that Trump would get in. And I get it. Like, there's a lot of devastated people scratching their head. I mean, nobody wants Beijing, Biden. You missed the point, you shallows. But here's the thing. No matter what is happening, it's all an illusion. It's a three-ring circus ridiculous. And I think that people need to now more than ever is get on their knees, repent for the iniquities of their forefathers, the whoredoms, breaking curses off themselves, Shannon, that's important. And I'm going to give this illustration to your listeners right now. Pretend I'm sitting at a table in a restaurant with Danny and Shannon, and I hand them each a glass of water. And I say, here, Shannon and Danny, this is a glass of perfectly good water. I'm just going to put one little drop of arsenic in it. You put a little drop that permeates. Well, that's kind of the visual that I got. You know, one little subtle drop. Satan comes as what? As an angel of light. The light bearer, going back to that Luciferous bioluminescence quantum dot technology. That's where they got the name from. A pharmakia sorceress, a pharmacologist developed Luciferous in the 1800s. It's not a new concept. A race of Lucifer. 
this is devil DNA is a better word for it. This is the Nephilim on steroids. And what happens, Shannon, we pose this question, what happens if you are not even eligible or you're unsanctioned for, well, like the offspring of the giants were? They weren't sanctioned entities. They were a mixture, a hybrid. You have, as Danny alluded to on our show, half man, half God, half goat, half man, Ubermensch, the Superman, as Nietzsche said, all these gods and goddesses, pantheon is just ubiquitous. And yet nobody wants to talk about Jesus. That's boring. That's old. You know what? They hate the name of Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something. Jesus Christ is the only answer to anything going on in this world right now, because Bible prophecy is on fire right now. We do not want to put our trust in the arm of the flesh. We really have to be pressing into God right now. Gentlemen, I'll throw it back to you, Shannon. I'm honored to be here tonight. If you're just joining us out there with Drs. Danny Moreno and Dr. Sheila Zelensky, we're just getting started. Get someone to tune in over here. You know, Danny and Sheila, we got a, a lot of moving targets out there going on right now, but let me just um, pipe in for a second and just tell you where I'm at tonight. I believe that we're headed for a war on the saints, the Great Tribulation period. Unless, you know, the Lord takes us out through death, we're probably going to be asked to give our lives for Christ uh, as martyrs sometime down the road. And when I say uh, unless he takes you out through death, I lost some friends this year. Well, you know, they're with Jesus. That's the most important thing, that we're ready to meet Jesus at any time. He could take you tonight. But withstanding you dying, you and I are probably going to live to see everything that has been outlined and mapped in the book of Revelation. And I'm here to tell you that when I look at the church as a whole, it's not ready. But let's move the election uh, off to the side for a minute. There are bigger fish to fry here. Many have uh, tried to figure out who are the players in the New World Order? And there's many, but I think I finally got a name for them, the World Economic Forum. Because so months ago, I was alerted to this group that meets in Davos, Switzerland, the WEF, World Economic Forum. There were about 2,700 members that met last year. They're meeting again this month. And just about every country has somebody they're sending there. All over the world, they send their representatives there. The point I'm making here is you got this dude, Klaus Schwab, who set this thing up in 69, and this is really the meeting of all meetings. The elite go there. They have mapped out a strategy. They've got a name for it. They even have a book out called COVID-19. You can get on Amazon, The Great Reset. You know, Danny and Sheila, this COVID-19 scam, I believe that's what it is. When you get down to it, even by the CDC's own admission, I believe COVID-19 is our new 911. I believe it's a cover story for the brute force global attack to take over the world and push us into the new world order under Antichrist. They brought this vaccine. They're getting ready to roll it out. I've been warning people you do not want to take this. mRNA changes your DNA permanently, according to Dr. Corey Mudej. I think you interviewed her, Sheila. And there is no going back from it. You know, Noah and his family were deemed worthy to get on the ark because they were perfect in their DNA, just like you said, Danny. They were not hybrids. Well, if this thing changes your DNA and the evidence looks like it does and there's no going back from it, that means if I take it and I have any children, my children are permanently altered. What are we going to say to God when we have altered our DNA and become a hybrid? And all of a sudden, through just a concerted effort, we've got one that works, never been tested, safety tested. we got people getting Bell's palsy taking it, waking up being paralyzed. I had that one time. That's no fun. I think it's because I got vaccines when I was younger and had chicken pox. At any rate, the point is, uh, some are getting that. Others, like a six-year-old girl, has narcolepsy now, irreversible neurological damage. Others are dropping dead. Uh, all that aside, the fact that you could die, there's never been any studies done on this to show it works or safe. There won't be any. 
And if you die or get maimed, you cannot sue your government now in America because of the VICA Act that Reagan signed into law and some new additions to it. So you're screwed. And whether or not you think it's uh, good or not, what about that issue of the hybridization that's going to occur? They've already said, Bill Gates and others, that they're not going to stop with this one shot. You're going to have to have two spaced three weeks apart just for the first one. And they're going to continue to roll them out. We will get there, Danny and Sheila, where you talked about where they give us that microneedle injection with a nanodot tattoo, luciferase, and you're tracked anywhere on the globe at that point in time. Soon it'll be you don't get on that plane without the vaccine. Soon you can't get into the mall. You may not be able to work. This is all Operation Lockstep. It's going by the plan. They're going to have to destroy the economies. They're going to bring out worse vaccines than the one we're seeing now. And eventually, they're going to try to force us all into the mark of the beast. And we got Christians out there totally devoid of understanding, thinking that it's going to go back to normal. But the fact is, the fear of the Lord is about to fall. It needs to fall on the land. It needs to fall on the people. We're about to experience the fear of the Lord. God's only going to take so much. And I think he's taken all he can take. Judgment first starts at the house of God. If the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? The church is in trouble. And maybe in his mercy, he'll give us a little bit more time in America. Maybe we're going to fall in the next two weeks. But I'm here to tell you, if we're in some serious shape, back to you. Well, this is the biggest, most sophisticated, and yet most obvious for those who have their eyes open, propaganda push that has ever been on the face of the earth. I mean, even going back to Nazi Germany, this happened in a small region. The Nazis shook the world. And one thing that Goebbels said, the propaganda minister under Hitler, he said, if you're going to make a lie, make it big. And that's what's going on. The last message I preached the other night, I called it the big lie. And where we're at here, the the starting point here is whether you buy the narrative. This is what I see, that even when Christians talk about this thing, they're still buying the narrative. They're not doing like you have boldly done tonight, Shannon, and called it what it is, the biggest hoax in history, the biggest scam that's ever been propagated. And the reason that I agree with you about the hour that we're in is because this is worldwide. We've never seen a worldwide complete control system and mind control over the masses. When it comes to their understanding of the fulfillment of end time prophecy, if they're even that deep. I mean, most churches are, you know, they're just uh, sissy fests. Uh, This seeker-friendly thing has been going on for 40 years. This prosperity heresy and all the stuff you mentioned, best life now, came out of the occult. It's not Christianity at all, people. This is Gnosticism on steroids. This is not the Christian message. You talked about that arsenic in the water, Sheila. I mean, when when the pioneers of this heresy started out, the Hagans and so on, beyond the charismatic movement, beyond those who first embraced those doctrines of demons through seducing spirits, and it has pretty much permeated the majority of at least the evangelical church. And that's the big support system for the abomination. Now I'm going to shake your audience up, okay? We want to talk about abominations. Let's talk about what God sees as an abomination. You want to talk about treason. Let's talk about how Jesus sees treason. Because Jesus is one king, and he's got one kingdom. And he wants full allegiance and full loyalty 
to him as the one king and to his one kingdom, the kingdom of God. But what has been taken on as something godly, okay, but which is really profane, is this cult and this demonic doctrine of patriotism, okay? Patriotism is idolatry. And as far as Jesus of Nazareth is concerned, the only treason that's going on when it comes to Christians is treason to the kingdom of Christ. When Satan came to Jesus, he offered him all the kingdoms of the earth to rule over. He didn't say, listen, there are two kingdoms that are coming at the end, the very end of time. I have no power and no authority over them because they are God's nation, the American nation, which is the Christian nation, and the fake Jewish nation in the Middle East, which are joined at the hip, even though they completely disagree about Jesus being the Messiah, amongst many other things. But these two things are joined at the hip. Those who are treasonous toward the kingdom of Christ in America are also treasonous concerning this fake Israel. An end times prophecy school created by sinister Jesuit engineers to take the heat away from the Vatican and the papacy because Martin Luther and many like him in the Reformation were pointing to the papacy and saying that's the Antichrist, that's the seat of the beast. So part of the counter-reformation was to come up with this sophisticated system of eschatology, which we refer to today as dispensationalism. And then he really threw the icing on the cake when he threw in this spurious rapture doctrine that you mentioned. We will all fly away before it all gets bad. My question to people who believe in that nonsense is how bad does it have to get? When are we at bad? It seems pretty bad now to me. For everything that we're talking about, I think we reached bad a while ago. So why are we still here? We're still here because those are doctrines of demons. It's not God's word. It's not the truth. Okay, and patriotism is an offense to Jesus Christ. Yes, many of you will not like me. I, that's not my problem. I love you all, but I'm going to tell you the straight truth about it. When Satan came to Jesus, he offered him all the kingdoms of the world. And that included the United States of apostasy, and that included the Rothschild fake Israel, and every nation on this earth back then and now and until Jesus comes. And Jesus turned him down completely. He didn't make any concessions. He didn't add any amendments. He said no. Here's the other thing. We talk about aliens, okay, and we're talking about these hybrids that are posing as human beings and so on, and maybe even fallen angels themselves appearing, uh, whatever the case may be. The Bible says, and this is where Christians have been in an identity crisis since the time of Constantine at least. They have an identity crisis. They believe that this earth is their home, and this is the root problem, Shannon is that Christians believe that this earth is their home and they are supposed to fight to fix this earth, to bring this earth back to whatever, you know, make America great again, whatever their concept may be. But the scripture tells us the exact opposite. In fact, Jesus' last prayer before he was taken to be crucified in John 17, go look it up, he prays something very scandalous 
for a modern Christian's ear, if they were really to hear Jesus pray this prayer, they would be upset about it and would disagree with him. He prays this way. He says, Father, I do not pray for the world. What? I thought we were supposed to pray for the world. No, Jesus says, I do not pray for the world. Now watch. Jesus goes on to say, but I pray for those whom you have given me out of the world and for those who will believe on me because of their word. So Jesus never embraced the doctrine that the modern evangelical church, who is the one who keeps putting these Republican or, you know, pseudo-Republicans like Trump into power, he never embraced this vision of fixing the world. In fact, the letter of Peter tells us that as far as the world is concerned, God's perspective is it's a worn out old garment prepared for the fire of judgment. God has no investment in this world system. And the only investment that Jesus has in this world system, he has a point to make. He will make his point. As he told Pilate, you will see the Son of Man coming in all glory on the clouds with the holy angels. I am coming to conquer the world, Revelation 19. And he will rule this earth with a rod of iron for a thousand years. Absolutely. He is going to prove the point that he is the creator and he is the Lord over all creation. But you know what's interesting? Still, after that thousand years, he commits this earth to fire. He destroys this this earth and he creates a new heavens and a new earth. Revelation 21. He has no stock in this world system. Jesus does not have an agenda. And I know this strikes many of the listeners' ears so strangely, but I challenge you to go to the Word of God and seek these things out and ask the Holy Spirit to show you the truth. Jesus did not come into the world to save the world system. No, he did not. That's why he prays in John 17, I'm not even praying for the world. Why? Because he has no investment in it. He is calling those out of the world into a new eternal kingdom. That is the gospel of Christ. It is not a Constantinian mixture of the state and the church, and Jesus is trying to fix the world so that it's all better before he comes back. Take your seven-mountain dominionist view That's all wrong. That's not in the Bible. I'm sorry, people. Jesus did not come to do that. If Jesus came to do that, why didn't he do it when he came? I mean, the Jews were looking for the son of David. They were looking for the conquering Messiah, a conquering king that would overthrow, listen well, overthrow the wicked Roman Empire and the false evil emperors that were persecuting the Jews. That's why they were so disappointed, Shannon, in Jesus of Nazareth, because he told them, this is not my mission. I have not come to make you lords over a wicked, sinful earth. I have come to save your soul and to present to you a new eternal kingdom. And this is what man has struggled with for centuries. Because carnal, we use the word carnal a lot. Carnal means 
fleshly, earthly. Watch this. It's all about the body. It's all about existential need. That's what makes this mark of the beast so insidious and so deceptive. We get very spiritual about it as Christians, but if you really read the book of Revelation, like you just said, brother, which was very astute when you brought up the economic forum, it's presented to the world as an economic mark. It's not presented as a spiritual concept. It's based on existential survival. And this is why those who are still carnal, whether they claim to be Christians or not, whether they claim to be born again or not, they will accept this mark because they're fleshly, they're earthly, they're carnal, they're body ruled. They're not walking in the spirit. The Bible says to us, we are the ails. Hebrews 11, go look it up. Hebrews 11 tells us that we should see ourselves like Father Abraham as aliens, strangers, pilgrims, sojourners in the earth, and that our home is the new Jerusalem, which is in heaven. We are only as they say, passing through this earth. I love what the Apostle Paul said. He said he had no interest in changing the world. He had no interest in overthrowing the Roman Empire and making it a Christian empire. He had no interest in changing Israel. He was only concerned in building the eternal kingdom. That's why he said, if it were up to me, man, I'm out of here. I'd rather be in paradise with Christ. If I had my choice, watch what he says. He says, but it is better for you that I remain so that I can help you in your faith. So that's the only reason that Paul had a desire to remain living on the earth in in this present state. And if you go and you study your Bible, people, where is it in the book of Acts? Where's the patriotism? Listen, They had a nation that was truly formed by God. It wasn't some pagan nation like America that claims to be Christian because some pioneers came over here a few hundred years ago and they were part of the Reformation. No, they were. They came from a nation, Israel, that God actually formed himself. That's the only nation in history that God formed is the nation of Israel. And yet, look at the behavior of the apostles in the book of Acts. Are they patriots? When Jesus came, did he come to restore the kingdom of Israel? Well, if he did, he was a ridiculous failure. Look where he ended up. Well, that was not his mission. He did not come to restore a fleshly kingdom. He came to institute an eternal and spiritual kingdom. Who are we believers? Are you part of the ecclesia, the gathering together of the called out ones? Or are you part of the church, kieka, pharmakia, the goddess of heaven, huh? The, the whore of Babylon, Revelation 17, who has a cup in her hand filled with the blood of the saints and, and drugs and bewitches the kings of the earth and commits adultery, fornication with the kings of the earth. This is the church. That's the mystery of iniquity, people. The church is the mystery of iniquity, this mixture which deceives the nations and even rules over the kings of the earth. From where? From Rome. 
That's what John's talking about in the book of Revelation. Okay, but everyone is still accepting that mixture, and they still believe that this earth is their home, and therefore they should fight for it. They're also deceived by this ridiculous illusion of nationalism. People, those lines on the map are not real. Those are just penned lines on a map. These nations don't really exist. This country alone, the United States of apostasy, was sold out in 1861 by Abraham Lincoln. You were turned into uh, stock certificates. That's why you're called a person. So you can be traded on the market. There's no uh, sovereign nation, the United States of America. It's a corporation called the United States. And guess what? That corporation went bankrupt and they've been sold out to their enemies. Folks, I praise God for this opportunity. Okay, we're still alive where there's breath, there's hope, as my dad used to tell me. And we can come together here. Now, they'll shut you down on the major platforms. I know, Sheila, you've got a program coming out about that. Again, Demon Tech, Microsoft rules the world with their computers and like me, you probably have to deal with the constant Microsoft updates. I've got one right now that says you need to reboot. You know, so just like you got to get your updates, Bill Gates wants you to get your booster shots. This guy is headed to hell. He's a eugenicist if he doesn't repent. Um, Sheila, we're back from the break. And um, Danny, and you are right on target tonight. I'm going to throw the mic back to you. Take it away, sister. Yeah, well, I just want to touch on something you just said with demon tech. I truly believe that people really need to step back and understand the acquiescence that has happened well over the last year. I mean, we're on a, what, day 500 of a 10-day lockdown. I mean, this thing is so ubiquitous worldwide. And, you know, it's interesting, Danny, something you said, and I this really resonated with me, what you said about Jesus saying, my kingdom is not of this world. Jesus himself saying, I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. What are we dealing with right now? I mean, this is really echoed over and over again. Jesus made that very clear because people think that Jesus came to bring peace. I hear these mindless, biblically anemic claimants, I call them Christian claimants, that say Jesus came to bring peace. Jesus came to bring a sword. Jesus first said the word ecclesia to Peter and the apostles in Matthew 16, 18. He said, upon this rock, I will build my ecclesia. Part of the problem is you've got a lot of Christians that are very biblically anemic. We're living in a hashtag Christian society where it's like a Twitter feed or cherry picking scriptures. And, you know, it's just such absolute mindlessness. So now pair that with, I mean, AMC, they filmed a show in Georgia where the Georgia Guidestones are written in stone, the depopulation plan called The Walking Dead a lot of years ago, and it really had a lot of followers. This, what we're seeing in society, has got nothing on The Walking Dead, this zombified apocalypse of all these 
mindless mask wearing minions. I mean, it is so disgusting. You know, Danny and I both had scenarios where we were removed off planes because of our refusal to acquiesce to this absolute demonic system. And people say, well, I can't work. I can't do this. You know, here's the deal, folks. You are being acclimated for what's coming. It's interesting. Everybody thinks it's a Sunday, fun day, a Friday, high day, uh, every day, as you just said, is a Friday. The Joel Osteen's Kenneth Copeland fired out on January 1st. The same thing I found interesting that he that he wrote in 1996. I think they just have a January file and they just throw it back out there. And all it was talking about was you're coming up higher this year. The prosperity pimps of perdition are are just churning out the... It's just such, well, you just said it best, doctrines of devils. And this new apostolic reformation, the Lance Wallnows, the, all these hucksters out there, this dominion theology is seriously a doctrine of devils. But here's the deal. People... They have itching ears, like all these people running around with all these Trump prophets out there. He's going to get in. God's got this. We win. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, Shannon, they just want to have their little ears tickled because anything that you talk about that is negative is doom and gloom. If it's not smooth and keep it moving, keep it friendly, keep them entertained, it's doom and gloom. If you really talk about it, you know, Jesus probably would have been the most biggest doom prophet of all. I mean, Poor Paul wouldn't have got out of the parking lot. He would have got shot in the street, as Danny and I have talked about. They would kick Jesus right out of the church. And I have a feeling that most Christians wouldn't know Jesus if he walked into their church this Sunday. Well, they're all closed. So congratulations, claimants. You managed to prove to the world the church, as you define it, is non-essential. How disgusting is that? And I'll throw it over to you, Danny. Well, the thing is, here's the question, because everyone's up in arms about their rights. And I find it interesting that Paul calls himself a bond slave. You know that a bond slave has no rights. He's a slave of his master. See, we have this uh, enlightenment mentality that we've adopted from these uh, founders of the documents that started this United States of America. But they were influenced more by Locke and Rousseau and the French philosophers and German uh, scientists and philosophers of the Enlightenment than they ever were uh, by, by biblical uh, influence. Not that that's not in there at all. They grew up in uh, Protestant lands, okay, and there was a Christian nuance in their culture. So I'm not going to take that away and say that it was completely absent, okay? So they had that. But again, as I'm always addressing, it was a mixture. So here's the question. Who shut down the churches? Was it the big bad Satan that shut down the churches because the churches were such a light to their you know, surrounding culture. They were shining the light so brightly without compromise, and they were single-minded, as Jesus said, their eye was single, so their whole body, the body of Christ, their whole body was full of light. Was it Satan that shut down the churches, or could it be that just as the Jews experienced between 66 and 70 A.D., when the Romans were sent in to raise the temple and conquer the city of Jerusalem because 
they continued an apostate version, an apostate practice of uh, worship to the God of Israel. Their Messiah had come. They had rejected their Messiah, and they continued, excuse me, an apostate version of what they believed was the religion of the God of Israel. And they were convinced that they had crucified and gotten rid of this troublemaker, this false Messiah, and they were following the true God of Israel according to their fathers. But as Jesus said to them, he said, full well you reject the commandments of God that you may keep your own traditions, that you may keep the traditions of your fathers. He said, but your problem is you praise God with your lips, but your hearts are far from him. For you teach for the commandments of God the traditions of men. And you highly esteem. I want you patriots, okay? Lovers of America and your way of life. Is that Jesus's way of life? Is the American way of life Jesus's way of life? The zealots were trying to overthrow Rome. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were trying to court Rome, and I mean, they had apparently such a good relationship with the Roman leaders that they could get them to kill Jesus. So apparently they had some clout with the Roman Empire. So this mixture is the question, because when he left, he didn't say, go ye into all Jerusalem and preserve the old covenant. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe the things that I've taught you to observe. They weren't moving. Why? Because they were patriots. They were sitting in their church in Jerusalem arguing about whether or not they should still keep the law, if they should still be uh, loyal to the temple, to the city of Jerusalem. Jesus said, we don't have time for this. I need my word to go to those who have not heard. So I'll send the abomination of desolation. You shall see Jerusalem surrounded by armies. And he sent that and he pushed these lukewarm Christians out of their comfort zone to fulfill the Great Commission. Is it possible, you MAGA Christians, that Jesus is the one you're fighting against? And I don't deny the wickedness of these monsters who have just taken power. Don't misunderstand me. Is Jesus' kingdom the right side of the aisle? Did Jesus lose yesterday? Did Jesus lose yesterday? Or does Jesus have a completely different agenda that has nothing to do with how the sinners will tear themselves apart to stay in control. I believe, as we've been speaking here, that Jesus has a completely different agenda. He wants those who have not heard to hear the good news and to come into the eternal kingdom. And we're not getting it when we read Revelation 18.4, where the angel flies over Mystery Babylon, and he says, Come out of her, my people. Listen to this language, folks. Come out of her, my people. Be no longer partaker of her sins. Watch this. And receive not of her 
plagues, viruses, pandemics, huh? You say, well, we're not partaking of their sin. We don't agree with the Democrats. We don't, we're against abortion. We hate homosexuality. We hate pedophilia. We don't agree with uh, all this wickedness. Yes, but you're still fighting. You're still fighting for the land. You're still fighting for what does not belong to you. This world is not your inheritance. We have a, a greater kingdom, and that's what we're supposed to be helping our master build. So Jesus is trying to get your attention. Yes, read Revelation, the first couple of chapters. He's trying to get your attention to say, I am not in this thing. I am not in this mixture. I am not in this abomination. Come out of her, my people. It also means the whore of Babylon, the religious expression of the same materialism, the same idolatry, the same unfaithfulness and fornication, the same perversion. You know, all this marching against the wicked, I don't see anywhere in the Bible, Old Testament, New intertestamental scriptures, I don't see anywhere where God sends his people railing upon the heathen, telling them to get right. Whenever God did a great move amongst his people, he dealt with them to get right. He didn't say, go correct the sinners, the pagans, about their idolatry, about their wickedness. No, he called his people to repentance. Think about Ezra. When they came out of Babylon, he called the Israelites to repentance. He called them back to repent and to come under the law of God. And then they built the temple again. You see, well, now we're in the new covenant. We're not building temples, and these temples are an abomination to the Lord. Paul says, don't you know that you are the temple of the Lord, and the Holy Spirit dwells in you? We are the temple of God, people. Jesus didn't say, go into the world and build temples in my name and call them churches. Where is that in the Bible? Show it to me. No. Jesus said, I will build. First of all, he's the one doing the building. Secondly, what is he building? He's building the ecclesia. The ecclesia is a living organism. Living stones built upon the living stone. So, is Jesus behind patriots who claim, a good amount of them, claim to be serving him, and they're railing against the heathen, condemning the heathen for their sins, and so on and so forth. Meanwhile, have they repented of their idolatry? Have they repented of their treason to the kingdom of God? Why were the first Christians martyred? They were not martyred because they worshipped Jesus, okay? The Romans didn't care if you added some other silly little god to the pantheon of Rome, okay? You went on Sundays to go worship when did the Christians come under persecution and martyrdom? When they worshipped Christ, listen to me, American Christians, when they worshipped Christ to the exclusion of all others. Watch this. They would not bow their knee to the emperor and the empire. What do we have today? 
they are not only bowing their knee to the emperor and the empire, they're fighting for the emperor and the empire and believe that the emperor and the empire is the expression of the kingdom of God on earth. And I'll stop with this for now. Are they perhaps very much like the Jews when Pilate said, who would you have, Barabbas or this Jesus of Nazareth? Would you have me crucify him or let him go free? Listen to what these God-fearing Jews, many of them the same ones who threw the palms down and hailed the son of David when he came in on, on the back of a colt up to the temple. Now they yelled, crucify him, crucify him, for we have no other king but Caesar, and let his blood be upon us and upon the, on our children. I just feel, and I hope this resonates with you guys, I know we've got to wrap it up here, but I would really like to say a quick prayer, and then Danny, I would, I'd yes. like to throw it over to you to pray. But I would really like every single person that is listening to this show tonight to just humbly, like really humble yourself right now, and let's come in one accord, and let's come in agreement. That's very powerful Amen. as a body of believers. So I want to pray, Shannon. Father God, tonight we humble ourselves and we come before your throne of grace. I feel in my heart I need to say this for me, but I mean, I hope everybody wants to do this. I'm going to do this for me. We confess tonight and repent for the sins of idolatry and yes. unbelief and whoredoms. And there's that word iniquity that you said, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. We're repenting tonight, Father whoredoms and iniquities and idolatries, the defilement in the land we've been involved in, which to you are an abomination, all these things. We repent not feeling bad about it or feeling guilty, but turning from our sin. Forgive us, Father. Jesus said, who's my disciples? Those that do the will of of my Father. Father, we pray tonight for everyone that's listening and even the ones that'll tune in later. We ask this question for each person listening tonight. Show them what to do. What would you have us do? Let that be the cry of our heart, Father. What would you have us do? Help us endure to the end. The days are evil. And the devil is, as he said, making war on the saints. So help us fight the enemy. Father, our weapons are not MRAPs and 50 cals and ammos. That, that's not our weaponry. Our weapons are, they're mighty, but they're also for pulling down strongholds. Father, we're dealing against principalities and powers and rulers and thrones and mites and dominions and this hellish cornucopia out there. Help us finish this race and get our eyes fixed on you, Jesus, and hear the words at the end. Well done, my faithful servant. Let none of us hear those words, depart from me. And that is my prayer tonight, Father, and I'm making a request according to Philippians 4, 6. You say with prayer, submission, and thanksgiving for everything that you're doing. Even though we might not be seeing it manifest in the flesh, Father, we thank you for the work that you're doing in each person's life tonight. And we want to be that faithful servant and help us do that. We pray this in the mighty, unmatchable, incredible name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen. And I'll throw it to you for prayer, Danny. Amen. Lord, I just feel burdened. I, I just come against the spirit of death that is looming over the world right now. It's a spirit of death. It's not only a spirit of physical death, but a spirit of eternal death. 
And I pray especially tonight, we've done a lot of dismantling of the false belief systems of many people, and many of those people are brothers and sisters in Christ, or God is trying to draw them into his family, and they have been walking in error. They have not known better. And Lord, I just pray for them right now in Jesus' name. I come against the spirit of death. I come against spirits of suicide, hopelessness, where people will see no hope and want to try to take the only way they know out and, you know, thinking that if they end their mortal lives, that they'll escape the horror that's going to come now because uh, of the way they see things going forward. So, Lord, I just come against the spirit of despair and hopelessness, and we just bind you, Satan, in Jesus' name. We bind you, you lying spirits, you spirits of infirmity, you lying spirits that are masquerading, you spirits of manipulation and coercion and mind control operating over the people and bringing them to a place of complete feeling of helplessness and hopelessness and and driving them to to death we just i come against this spirit of death in jesus name that begins with fear the scripture says that we were those of us before we came into Christ, we were all our lives in bondage to the spirit of fear and that we feared death. And right now, that's the strong man that's just looming. Like I see it like an umbrella, this dark cloud, this dark canopy of hopelessness and despair and death. Also, I come against retribution and the spirits of vengeance of these murderers that are under the control of Satan that want to go out and hurt these people that they disagree with. I come against the spirit of vengeance in the name of Jesus. And we just bind this in the name of Jesus. And they would understand the hope that you've brought to us through Christ, Lord. You would give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of of your person, Lord Jesus, that they would come to know you in the power of your resurrection. Yes, and in the fellowship of your sufferings. And what are we supposed to do now? Well, Paul goes on to say that now I may apprehend that for which I have been apprehended. Lord, I pray for supernatural visitation, supernatural visitations by angelic magistrates to people, by messengers, Lord. You would send forth your ministering spirits that are a flaming fire to go forth and speak to your people. Speak in dreams and visions, Lord, to your people. Let your young men see visions and your old men dream dreams. Let your handmaidens prophesy. Lord, this is the time for the Holy Spirit to take center stage. For Jesus said that you are the spirit of truth. You are the spirit of wisdom. You lead us into all truth. And everything that Christ has to say to us, 
you will communicate that to us. And even the things which Christ has already said to us, you will bring to our remembrance. Holy Spirit, we need you, Lord. We cry out to you, Holy Spirit, within us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Oh, great comforter, speak to us, Lord God. For where the Spirit of the Lord is Lord, there is liberty. That's where liberty comes from. Liberty and freedom come from the presence of the Lord. The times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Holy Spirit, infuse us, infuse us, energize us, Lord, with the mighty power of Christ and cause us, Lord, to have compassion. Give us the ability. We're going to need this, Lord. Give us the ability to pray for those who persecute us, Lord. And even if we suffer for doing what is right, we still walk in in a godly spirit. Help us all, Lord. Help us all to walk in the spirit of humility when that time comes and not to be afraid. You told us not to fear, Lord. You said you are with us even unto the end of this wicked age. And we just give you all the praise and glory, Lord. We just we just extend our love right now. The three of us extend the love of Christ out to every listener right now. Every person who's listening to this right now. And we just give you all the praise, Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.